So a domain as opposed to a website, I like to compare it to real estate. A domain is like a piece of raw land. It is the address. It is where it is, and it'll only increase in value as more and more cars drive down the road and passing it. The better part of town you're in, the higher the value. The website is what is built on that land, and it requires maintenance. So a website can go out of business, a domain name cannot go out of business. So I invest in land. Today, I'm grateful to be sitting down with Braden Pollock, someone who I credit a lot of my career to, and I'm honored to call him a friend. Braden drove all the way over the hill in Los Angeles morning traffic to record the show with me, and we're here now at Hennessy Studios in North Hollywood at the Television Academy. Braden, although not a lawyer, is a firm manager and an internet expert. He's an active domain investor, a well-respected speaker at legal marketing seminars, a husband and a business role model, an angel investor, and what some would call a serial entrepreneur. And after 15 years of getting to know him professionally, but also personally, he's one of the smartest and hardest working guys out there. Braden, thanks so much for joining us. All right, so we're going to play a game right now. Is this the game where I have to take my pants off? Because I, I told you I didn't want to play that game. <laughs> That's a different game <laughs> for a different podcast, I guess, right? This is from the game New Phone Who Dis. Uh-huh, New okay. Phone Who Dis, right? So you're going to give me your phone, find a random person. You could reject the person once, and then you'll have the choice of choosing between this person or the next person that I pick in your contact list. Then you're going to pick one of these cards and you have to text them whatever's on these cards. All right. So the first name is Dave Wida. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And let's go down a little bit further. And the second name is Kelsey Meyer. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> so do you want to go Dave or Kelsey? I have to pick between those two. Yeah. So I I remember who Dave is. He was a club promoter like, from, <laughs> like, I don't know, more than 15 years ago. Um, so God knows if he has the same phone um, or he if he would know who I am. And the Kelsey, Kelsey what? Mayor? I have no idea who that is. It could, uh, could have been like a girl I met at a club one day. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more ago. here. I'm going to. I'm just going to give you a third option. We'll break the rules here. All right. The third option is Melanie Vasquez. Okay. I know who that is. All right. So you've got three options that you can choose from. And you've got three cards sitting in front of you with messages that you would have to send. <laughs> Should I read them? Yeah, of course. Okay. So the first one is... Nah, brother, you got the wrong guy. I stole this phone from an Applebee's last Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is, there is an intruder in my house and he just heard my phone buzz. If I die, tell my mom I love her. (laughs) Okay. Third one is, I know you're still upset about it and I feel bad, but like the past is in the past, you know? (laughs) I will break the rules. You can pick from any one of those three. <sighs> or should you pick? <laughs> I like the I last just... one. I like the last one. Let's do it. Okay. So this is going out to Melanie. 
This is going out to Melanie. And this way it gives us some time. Sorry, Melanie. And we'll see if she responds. <laughs> Just think about you being on the receiving end of that. I know you're still upset about it and I feel bad, but like the past is in the past, you know? <laughs> All right, there it is. It's there, man. Okay. When was the last time you texted this person? Um, it was two years ago <laughs> and, and I just sent it and that was, that was random. <laughs> that was just random. So I can tell you who Melanie is. Melanie dated a few times. So we're going back, right? <laughs> uh, more than 15 years. Is that right? Okay. Well, I hope this doesn't get you into any trouble. She's going to come back with, <laughs> There's a podcast <laughs> proof <laughs> that I made you do this here, right? Uh-huh. All right. Wait, what's the likelihood that she comes back and says... I think you got the wrong person. Oh, ninety percent, I think. Or, what are you talking about? She might not even have you in her phone anymore, right? Oh, you think I get deleted just like that? I think so. That's not cool. I think so. <laughs> you know what? I was I was doing a lot of thinking, um, well, and that's, that's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about well, time. Well, I had I had to prepare <laughs> mentally for this podcast, right? Because uh, you know, like I've known you for fifteen years, almost two decades yeah, now. Yeah, I think so. You know, and I, I pay homage. I mean, I don't I don't think we would be in this studio if we didn't meet 15 years ago. And look, I certainly don't deserve any credit. I mean, certainly all you, but uh, and it's interesting how one little thing can change a trajectory of, you know, your total life, your whole career. You know, just for the listeners, uh, the story was um, Braden was one of the early pioneers of let's just call it legal marketing, I guess. Well, online legal marketing. Online sure. legal marketing. Yeah. How long have you been in that space for? Uh, 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. I mean, I, re I remember you know, when I first started, people were like, what do I need a website for? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not building you a website. It's my website. You're just going to advertise on it. And they're like, what? <laughs> they didn't have any idea what I was talking about. Nobody did, right? I mean, um, and so, uh, yeah, so Braden had a uh, conference and it was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I wasn't even invited to the conference. You were not. You were <laughs> and not. I just showed up and I didn't know I wasn't invited to the conference. I was in Atlanta. I was working with a guy by the name of Brad Fallon. He had a company called Stompernet. It taught people about like what I do, right? Search engine optimization. So, yeah, so SEO was uh, pretty new back in those days. And, and Stompernet was one of the first places where you can kind of learn about this stuff. But the problem was is that Brad wasn't keeping up with SEO at the time. And I was like this new kid on the block that knew all the secrets because SEO was one of those things where you had to know the new secrets for the month. And so he's like, hey, I'm, I'm being asked to speak at this like lawyer conference tomorrow. I, you know, I don't know much about this. Can you come up here and teach them a little bit about like SEO? I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about lawyers. I'm like, I was ranking for keywords like wedding favors and stuff. Right, Remember? Right, right, right. So I got up there and I gave a presentation about like how I was able to rank like number two on Google for the word wedding favors, right? But it was applicable to lawyers because I was very transparent. Sure. And that, that conference was about legal marketing. It Actually, was. It was specifically for DUI lawyers. Yeah. And um, so I brought in different speakers to talk about different things related to legal marketing. Yeah. Because we were doing 
what is now considered lead gen. It wasn't at the time. It was cooperative advertising mm -hmm. online. Um, and so, so we brought in, you know, experts in various fields that were related to, to marketing. And I wasn't one of those. <laughs> you were not, but there you were. <laughs> and so uh, I showed up, I got up there, I gave a little presentation and uh, people like mutual friends who are now our thought leaders kind of in the space of legal marketing, like Seth Price, right. um, was in the audience taking like notes um, and asking a lot of questions. And so that was, that was the genesis of how I got into the world that I've been in. That is truly, you know, when you connect all the dots to how we got here, um, you know, the, it was that me being not invited to your conference that landed us here 15 years later. Yeah, well, people, the, so my clients, we didn't offer SEO services. Uh, we did start building websites for them, but we really weren't doing SEO. And, and eventually we stopped building websites for them mm -hmm. too. Um, so I had told them, you know, go ahead and talk to you about SEO. And then you really got deep into it, which I didn't know because you didn't call me because you didn't want me to think that I was like taking my clients, which you weren't. And then we went to a lawyer's conference. We were, we've been exhibiting at this lawyer's conference every year. And there you were with a booth. And mm -hmm. I was like, Jason, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you're like, well, um, okay, so can we talk for a minute? <laughs> and so you thought I was going to be upset, which I, I, which I was not. No. And I had said like, I would, I would have sent you more people. Like I didn't know you were. Really oh, that's who you are, it. man. You, uh, you know, you do good for other people. You're, you've been a mentor, not just to me, to a lot of other people. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, like, as far as those connections, right? Those when you look back at all the dots of your puzzle and where life took you, like, how did you meet Lisa? Like, what, what was the dot that connected you to Lisa Bloom as your your wife? So I had met Lisa actually not long before I met you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think she was at that event. She was. Yeah. So uh -huh. um, because I was in the legal space, so my business partner at the time, you know, we were trying to get him out in the media. Mm -hmm. And so he was calling every show or we were calling every show to try to get him booked. And so he started doing a couple of shows on court TV, which was in New York. And so every time he'd get a call, he would just drop everything and fly out to New York, right? One weekend he was he was heading out there and he'd asked me if I wanted to go and I'm like, ah, I'm busy. And it's like, you know, I don't have time. And then like a day later, I was like, you know what? Actually, I, I could use a couple of days off. And so I told him, you know, I'm gonna go after all. So we went and um they had invited us to this um this benefit for the homeless. Okay. I think it was like coats for the homeless or something like that. And so we go to a store and we buy a bunch of uh, hoodies and go to this event. And there's a bunch of court TV people there. So we're in the, we're at like a bar and with the music event space. And I see my, my old partner talking to Lisa. So I walk up to him and I, I said, you're married. And I turned to her and I said, I'm Braden. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was my opening line. I love it. So I was obviously flirting because there's this pretty blonde, right? Sure. And she very quickly says, I have a boyfriend. And I look around and I said, well, where is he? And she said, he's in London. And I said, well, is he moving here to New York? And she, and she said, no. I said, are you moving to London? No. I said, so what's the end game? And this is literally in the first like three minutes of the conversation. And she goes, uh, uh, 
uh, who are you I don't, again? I don't, I don't know what the end game is. That's a very good question. No one's, no one's asked me that. And I said, you want to dance? Uh-huh. And then we did. Interesting. And uh, two weeks later, she broke up with him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So if you think back, if you didn't go, right? If you didn't decide to go, right? Trajectory. Where would your life be? I, mean, I almost didn't go on that on that little trip. I was just we just went for the weekend. Uh huh. And so we met. I met her, and then we, you know, we started emailing and phone calls, and one thing led to another, and that was uh, thirteen and a half years ago. Wow, amazing story. So you have a milestone birthday. Coming up here. The big five oh. The big five oh, right? It's halftime at life. Uh hopefully less. Let's see. Let's see, you know, see how technology, you know, keeps up with the longevity space. I'm shooting for 120, just FYI. You're one of the few people that I know that might shoot for that. Um yeah, diet and exercise, right? See? Is this where you envisioned your world would be? Yeah, you know, I I, I always thought I would kind of roll with it and I, I never kind of anticipated this is exactly the way life is going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be in business for myself because I always wanted to do that ever since I was a little kid um, and mostly have not worked for somebody else. I anticipated that I would probably be married, you know, someday, right? Um, and I was, um, from a young age, I was kind of focused on money. So, you know. Me too. We, you know, we're fortunate enough to have a comfortable life and that that's good. You know, can I, um, can I buy an island? No, but I mean, I could have, I certainly could have retired many years ago, Mm -hmm. but I like working. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. I think if you're looking up at the scoreboard, right. In life at halftime, it's like keeping score in my mind is, you know, health, wealth, and happiness. Right. Right. You know, I think you're scoring really high in health, scoring high in wealth and to me, it appears you're scoring well in happiness too. So you know, I'm I'm fortunate that knock on wood, you know, I I'm, I'm in a great relationship. You know, uh, I love my wife. I, I'm I'm pretty sure she likes me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's there every day. I wake yep. up and she's still there. She hasn't left. <laughs> um, you know, we have a, we have a good relationship, and you know, we travel a lot, and and you know, life is good. I I plan on it staying that way. So you never had kids. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you've been an influence on kids. Yeah. So I joined Big Brothers, Big Brothers of America, uh, just after Lisa and I got together and we got serious. When this question came up about, do I really want kids, or am I am I good way I am? That's when I thought I'll join the Big Brothers program because that'll give me a little taste. And uh, so I started hanging out with Daniel when he was. Nine. Okay. And he just turned 22. Hmm. Uh, when he was 12, he ended up moving in with us for six months. And then uh, when he was 15, he then moved back in with us permanently until he was, well, permanently until he was 19, went off to college. And uh, so now he lives on his own, but I see him all the time. Hmm. Um, I have not gotten him into domain investing full time. Wow. So I, I brought him into my world. <laughs> but he's got the support of Braden with years and years of experience and maybe yeah. capital too, right? He's got a little bit of a backstage pass. He, because, he sure does. Because I've introduced him to a lot of people. He hasn't even been to a conference yet. It's going to blow his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to introduce him to people. So I, I had him go through a course called DN Academy, which teaches you everything you need to know 
uh, about you know how to buy, how to value, mm-hmm. which wasn't around when you know <laughs> I started. But it's a really really great resource. So he's been through that. He's read the eBooks. He's talked to people that can help him, and I wanted him to start working with somebody to really get hands-on experience mm-hmm. doing outbound sales. And so I set him up with with Kate Buckley at Buckley Media yeah. to intern. Uh, Kate's great. She's one of the best brokers in the world. And, uh, you know, she sells just primarily seven-figure domains. Mm-hmm. And so he's been interning with her and loves it. And wow. she, she, she loves him. And she even told me, like, I don't want to give him back. <laughs> so domaining. All right, let's talk a little bit about domaining. Um because to me, like if you walked into a Starbucks, right, that's kind of like the litmus test. There's usually like nobody in there that knows what SEO is or what I do for a living, right? Right. Or um, what good coffee tastes like. Or what good coffee tastes like, right? <laughs> They're not one of our official sponsors yet. All right. Tell me a little bit about what is domain investing. So a domain as opposed to a website. So you work on websites, mm-hmm. right? I like to compare it to real estate. So a, a domain is like a piece of raw land. It is the address. It is not going to go anywhere, right? The, the parcel, yeah. It's just the parcel of land. Mm-hmm. And it is where it is. And it'll only increase in value as more and more cars drive down the road and passing it. Um, and it requires virtually no maintenance, mm-hmm. right? And the better part of town you're in, the higher the value. A short one com is Park Avenue. Yeah. Right? But if you have a four-word you know, dot, whatever, that's out in the middle of the desert. Okay. Okay. The website is what is built on that land. That website can be a little shanty. It could be a hundred story skyscraper mm-hmm. and it requires maintenance. It can be any size and it can disappear. But the constant is the address, mm-hmm. the domain can't go anywhere. So a website can go out of business domain name cannot go out of business. So I invest in land. Virtual land. Right. Got and it. and I focus primarily on the park avenues of the world. Okay. Right, the Beverly Hills address. Now, 15 years later, that's what I'm focused on. And it's a good analogy, right? That land just can't be recreated. Just like land, real estate just goes up in value. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are peaks and valleys, but, you know, pick any area where you live or that you know of and look at the pricing from 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to be a lot cheaper. Maybe two years ago, right? Because there's the peaks and valleys and there's bubbles and stuff. But for the most part, real estate just goes up. Virtual real estate, same thing, but a much much faster clip because it's the internet's only been around for about 35 years, Mm -hmm. right? Maximum, right? Domains, you know, the first domain was registered, I think, 86 or something like that. So when you think about the land, let's just say sex.com, right? Three letters, word. When somebody registers sex.org or sex.net, is it an assumption that they're trying to kind of like squeeze into the backyard of that 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 oceanfront property or as if the .com is the actual oceanfront property? Yeah, so it's a different neighborhood. It's a different neighborhood. Right. So you're still building that, I don't know, 6,000 square foot house or whatever you want to build on yeah. it, but you're just not in that same neighborhood. You're not oceanfront. Maybe you're a block away or a mile away or 20 miles away. Got it. Coincidentally, I own sex.co. Sex.com sold many years ago for about $13 million. 
And it would be much more than that now. Hmm. Okay. Much more. And so it sold a couple of times very quickly. And then um, it's been developed ever since. Mm-hmm. How did you uh, get into this world? Like who introduced you to it? And what was your first domain you bought? Do you remember? Um, well, in prior businesses, I had some I had some domains. But, but back then, I would type it in to my browser. And if it was taken, then I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's not available. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand at the time that there was an aftermarket. And, and the aftermarket really wasn't that developed. This is back in the 90s. But when I started Legal Brand Marketing, which is my legal lead gen company, 17 years ago, you know, we had our directories. And then as we started building websites for our clients, because they would come to us and say, hey, look, you're, you're my web guy, so can you build me? Like, we weren't their web guy, right? Yeah. But it didn't matter. We were their they only- called you when, your computer, when their computer couldn't turn on uh, either, right? <laughs> I, I, we, we got calls. There, this, is, this is a true story. Somebody wasn't getting his emails. And we're like, you know, we check. We're like, no, emails are going through. No, definitely not getting emails. We mm-hmm. tests or phone calls. Cannot figure out why he's not getting his emails because yeah. it looks totally fine on our end. He got a new phone. <laughs> he took it out of the box and turned it on, and his emails weren't coming in. And he blamed us because you're the web guys. Because we're the web guys. He you're didn't know he guys. had to set up his phone yeah. to receive his email. So we started building websites for our clients and we would just you register a domain name for them. And they were like $7. We're charging whatever it was, four grand for a website. And so I didn't care about the seven bucks. And we might register a couple of them and you try to sell them a couple of websites or like, here's three domain names. Which one do you like better? You know, that sort of thing. And so over time, whether it's canceled orders or extra domains that we had purchased, I had a couple of hundred domain names. And a friend of mine, he was the sales manager for .tv. So it's a country code. It is, yeah, yeah Tuvalu. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, hey, you know about these domains. I've got a couple hundred of these names. Is there anything I can do with them? Any way I can monetize them? And he says, yeah, park them. And I said, what What the heck is parking? Which is a way to place ads. Uh, so somebody types it in, there's ads that come up from That's Google. when there was type in before search engines. Right. Yeah. So he tells me what it is and then how I can sign up for it. And then he tells me that there's a conference coming up. I'm like, there's a conference, a domain name conference? You're kidding me. So I go to this conference. Everyone is in the domain name business. These people are buying and selling air. And I was smitten. I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to get into this business. And so I start, because I knew legal. I understood domain uh, legal domain names. I started acquiring domains that I thought had good value. I, I bought, I, yeah, I ended up getting a couple of thousand and, and they were selling, but there was, there was a lot of margin because I could register a name for, you know, seven or eight dollars back then and sell it for two, three, four, five thousand dollars. Hmm. And so I didn't need to sell that many to, to make money doing it. Now it, it especially today, you need to have a big inventory and and ask for a big spread, right? So to, to buy a name and resell it for 10 times what I paid is not uncommon, but that doesn't mean that people are doing that or making a killing. Sure. Because it depends on how much inventory they have, mm-hmm. right? Because they have the, all the acquisition costs and the holding costs in their portfolio. So I did that for years and I was the legal guy. I really got into the 
domain space, the, the, the investment community, you know, I was really focused on legal names. And every time I would see a domain sell on the wholesale market, I think, ah, oh, that was a good deal. Mm-hmm. But I'm the legal guy. And so I just stayed away from it. Everybody was really talking about where they're going to plant their flag. Like, what is the best new extension that's going to come out? Who, where should we invest our money? And the general consensus was, well, .com is king, so it's never going to affect short.com. But, you know, .guru is going to be good or dot, you know, whatever is going to be good. And so I was thinking about where am I going to plant my flag? What am I invest in? And that's when I decided to focus on one word .coms. And, you know, I had income from my various other business ventures, so I could afford to take that leap. And so I did. And, um, you know, it's been years. And, sure. And you've accumulated a, yeah, a now, nice yeah, portfolio. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, Ron, a mutual friend that writes about like domain sales, um, you know, you're on his newsletter once every couple months with like a big sale. I remember I saw Q, 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 Q.org. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. For 500000 $500,000. Uh, and I'm, I'm selling Z.org right now. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Like most people can't fathom that. And in fact, I don't even think banks understand that. Banks don't, banks don't. lend on that, yeah. right? There, there are lenders. So there, there are financial institutions that understand domains that mm-hmm. will lend on it, but but banks they just don't they don't get it. And and it's interesting if you wanted to like borrow or raise money related to domain, the domain will never go out of business. I mean, I just I just bought a name this week that cost me four hundred fifty thousand dollars. That domain is liquid. I can always sell that name. I could turn it right now to other investors and maybe even make a few points on it. Mm-hmm. But in three years, let's say I need to liquidate it, it's worth more in three years. It's gone mm-hmm. up in value. I can wholesale it for more than I paid. It's interesting because I I remember calling you because um, I I do that often when I need advice, <laughs> professionally and personally. I guess and maybe I should start charging. <laughs> you should. Um, and so uh, I'm like, hey, Braden, you know, I've got an opportunity to buy my last name, Hennessy.com, right? With the EY, you know, if you didn't put the E in, you get the cognac, right? And I'm surprised they never bought that domain name just for the heck of it, Defensive, right? yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I called you up. I'm like, hey, I've got the opportunity to buy this domain name. You're like, how much do they want? I'm like, they want 50000 for it. Um, you're like, whoa. I'm like, but I think I can get it for 30. And you're like, that's still expensive for a surname. I wouldn't do it. And then I posted something on Facebook a couple hours later. I bought my last name. <laughs> I didn't listen to you, but it was so important to have, I, you know, to have my last name, uh, Jason at Hennessy.com. I, I agree. I can tell you, I have a bunch of four and five letter first names yeah. that I paid six figures each for them. Interesting. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got an offer last week for jake.com. I got a $350,000 offer. That's a good one. First name, yeah. Dionjosh.com for our engineer over there, right? Somebody owns it. I know jason.com, people, they wanted to sell me that and somebody just recently bought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For uh, 350 I believe. Interesting. As far as the, the pricing of a domain, right? It still seems like it's just the Wild Wild West, right? There's no real appraisal service per se. Right? Well, y- yes and no. Um, you know, there are people that 
I was just listening to a podcast on the way here uh-huh. called My First Million, and and the founder of HubSpot was was on, and and he says I he was listing the domains he had, okay, and he's like, yeah, I've got uh, uh, BirminghamAlabama.com, which is you know seven figure name. I lived there for a while. Yeah, you know, Birmingham, Alabama is not a seven figure name. <laughs> Alabama.com is not a seven figure name. But there are some more objective uh, criteria that you can look at. So, uh, like, if you've got a like a four letter or five letter single syllable kind of empty vessel domain, probably seven figures. Okay. If not, maybe high six figures. Got it. Right. If you've mm-hmm. got just a category killer, like phenomenal name, like Voice.com sold for thirty million. Plus commission, but you know, voice is a fantastic word. Every all the technology is moving to voice now, right? So, so for for those that are like you know, like let's just say I've got five hundred dollars and I want to enter into this new world that Braden Pollock is so famous in, right? Like if you had to do it all over again, right? You had five hundred bucks, or there's a young kid that's just getting started. Like, do you tell him to just take that five hundred and go out to dinner with his family? Like, you can't do it, or is there still a way to get into this game? There absolutely is a way. I know people that have just gotten into it that are, that are making money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never too late because this is a, the pie keeps growing. Okay. Right? More and more people are building websites. They're buying domain names. I mean, you've got a studio here that's that's only for social media sure. and your old SEO company is based on websites, right? I'm, and I'm sure you build websites for your clients. Mm-hmm. So there's always a demand for domains, you would say, well, allocate some funds towards SEO. Mm-hmm. And I would say, allocate some funds towards the domain too, mm-hmm. right? Because that'll give you a kickstart. So like if somebody had to say 500 bucks, yep. first thing is go take dnacademy.com. Get the education. Get the education. Mm-hmm. Because you will blow more than that buying crappy domains. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to you're gonna start typing in ideas. You're going to stand with a glass of wine at night. You're going to go on GoDaddy and you're going to start typing stuff in. You're like, oh, that makes sense. That could be a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, no. Because if it was a good name, somebody already would have registered it. Like the chances are no one's ever registered that name before. And for 35 years, nobody's ever wanted it. Yeah. And now you think because you came up with the idea, someone is going to not only want the name, but want to pay you more. Got it. I happen to have a... It's an affiliate code, okay. except that I don't make any money from it. Okay. I asked the founder to, instead of giving me affiliate fee, use it as a discount. Oh, so, nice. So dnacademy, like domain name, yep. dnacademy.com slash Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N. Okay. And that provides about 25% off uh, whatever plan you, you get. And so it's, it's like three or $400 and it is a massive course. This is not something you're going to do in two hours. It'll take you weeks to go through it. You'll save more money getting the experience first than in registering a bunch of domain names that nobody's going to want that you're going to let expire next year. Yeah, you know, I think that's really sound advice, right? You know, you could never do yourself a disservice by investing in yourself. Education. Education is so important, right? And they don't teach domain investing in college, right? <laughs> they don't teach SEO in college, right? It's all of these random right. things. So we're going to play a game right now. So this is a different game. Never have I ever. Never have I ever. You've, you've heard of this one before. I have. Um, so you have... It's the game of poor life decisions. It is. You have three passes. I think there's 10 cards each. 
And I will go first this time. So I read the card and I could either pass or answer it. How we win is the first one to answer five true answers. Yeah, well, I don't care what people think of me, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Legit hated a family member. (laughs) I don't know if you want to answer that. I'll answer it. I'll, I'll say... I don't hate anybody in my life, right? I I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I think hate is a very strong word. And so I've disliked people in my family, but I don't think I've ever hated anybody in my family. So is that even an answer? Of course that's an answer. It sounded like a dodge to me. (laughs) Okay. So mine is pretended not to see an elderly person so I wouldn't have to give up my seat. (laughs) That's... <laughs> I, I'm the other way around. I like I'm the guy that's like, hey, can I give you my seat? Oh, um, me too. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So I, I'm the, I'm the guy that gives up my seat, and I'm the guy that yells at my kids to make sure they give up their seat whenever they see that stuff too. So now they are trained for the rest of their life to be respectful. Gone home with a stripper. I, uh, I as I recall, you were a. DJ in I Las was a Vegas, DJ. so yeah. you, you must have gone home with a stripper. Did I ever go home with a stripper? I'm going to pass on this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're married now. <laughs> okay. I, I was 17 once, 18, you know. But I, I would have answered that question. Uh, had my boss tell me that my work sucks? Um... I don't think I've ever been told my work sucks. I have certainly been fired from a lot of jobs. So in a way, <laughs> I guess that was my boss telling me that my work sucks. There, I've, I've probably been fired like from more jobs than I've even had. I've, I got fired constantly. I was I was not the guy to work for other people. <laughs> I, would, I would let them know that. You knew it. I would do a good job and then somebody would tell me what to do. I'm like, are you kidding? You're telling me what to do? I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridden in... A closed trunk of a car. I did do that. So, uh, so I had a a, a car, um, and somebody as a kid, I was like seventeen years old, and somebody broke into the car, um, and they put like a hole in the key, right, and where you open it, and so you just push a button, and the key, the trunk opens, uh-huh. right. And there used to be like an Alpine system in baseball. I grew up in New York, right, and so you wake up one morning, your trunk's been broken into, all your gear was stolen. So as a joke, uh, my friend's like, let's drive around. Like, I'll play the music and you'll be in the trunk and you'll be the bass, right? So just kind of hit the trunk as we're driving. And so uh, so he would be driving and I'd be in the trunk, sweat. I don't know why I was doing this or agreed to it, but I did ride in a closed trunk of a car. So you were a smart kid and, and your friends were pretty bright too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question. Peed in the snow. I mean, who has not peed in the snow? You have not been to the snow if you, if haven't, you haven't peed, peed in, the in the snow. snow yeah. Pretended to put money on a bill with a big group of people, but didn't. Yeah, so I don't think I've ever done that. I'm usually the one that grabs the bill. Now, but what about when you were a kid? No, I don't think I ever did it as a kid either. Uh, I don't think so. But nowadays, like, you know how the bill comes around and... 
you know, you're out with a group of like 10 people and like, it's like $300. And and like, there has to be the one person that takes the accountability of getting the bill and is like, all right, you owe $40, you owe $30, you owe $10, right? And that's usually me. I'm usually like the accountant. The, the, tr- the treasurer? Yeah. I'm the treasurer I've, I've played, of the table. I've played dinner treasurer a lot too. Uh-huh. Yep. That's usually my role there. Okay. My question. Have I ever walked into a glass door? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Sure, I have. I've never busted my nose, but I have. I have certainly bounced my forehead off of a glass door. It's funny. Just two weeks ago, we had Scott Trump, our president. We were in here testing out the equipment, and mm-hmm. he just walked right into the glass door. Right well, that was part of the you. test. He was. It was a testing the equipment and, and the fixtures. The, right, sorry, he was probably doing yeah, that. That's solid. Four to three. <laughs> Spent the night in jail. I could confidently say, no, I've never been to jail. Neither have I. Uh, have I ever hopped a subway turnstile? Uh, I I have not. I would. Uh, <laughs> you would. Just, just for fun. But, you know, I grew up in L.A. and we don't have turnstiles here. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time I started going to New York, I, I would just pay. <laughs> so I haven't. So Braden is our winner. He's got five. I've got four. And and prizes. And prizes. We got some snacks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to answer. Uh, had my parents walk in on having sex, <laughs> or some of these other ones that I've got here. Right. Right. Had that fake ID taken away by a bouncer. Been so hungover I couldn't get out of bed until dinner. Never been hungover. Hooked up with a bartender for free drinks? No, but I'm. I probably hooked up with a bartender. Um, had more than one speeding ticket in a day. Mm, I don't think so. You'd remember that one. Heard my parents having sex? Definitely not. Tried to light a fart? <laughs> probably pass. I know. I, I wouldn't pass. I, I probably probably did. Yeah. I mean, we can try now. You know, <laughs> we can try now. <laughs> All right, back to business here. I have a question for you. The reason why I bought Hennessy, part of the reason was so that I could have Jason at Hennessy.com, mm-hmm. right? My email. It's an important part of domains. Nowadays, like take my kids, for instance. No, keep your kids. They don't <laughs> communicate via email and they don't even set up their voicemail, right? The way they, in which they communicate is like instantaneously through Snapchat or DM, right? So sure. how long do you think email has? Like even Andrew, one of our apprentices here said, the only reason why I set up an email was because I got this job, right? And what is he? Maybe like 19 years old yeah. and he's 20, 22. Okay. Da- Daniel as well. Same yeah. thing. So what do you think about the future of email? How much longer do we have? So, so this is a good question. So kids, they don't have email because they're communicating with their friends. Mm-hmm. They're not communicating out in the real world with other professionals. But once they get a job and they have to start communicating with other professionals, they need an email. Unless you're on Instagram and you're active on Instagram and there might okay. be just a different platform. Right. right? But do you want to rely on a platform that can go out of business? Right. Because who's checking their MySpace account? Who's mm-hmm. checking their Friendster DMs, right? And and also, you know, these platforms, they get big and then they, they shrink and then somebody else comes in and crushes them. And 
you know, Facebook is huge, but are kids on Facebook now? Not really. No, definitely right? not on Facebook. And so if you and I were relying on Facebook Messenger, like we wouldn't be able to communicate with the next generation. But but let's let's back up a minute. And what's what's broader than email? Email is based on a domain. A domain typically has a website attached to it. Mm -hmm. The website is the calling card, the internet calling card for a business. So if domains were to go away, how are you going to advertise your business? Right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to put on the billboard? What, what are the, or the TV commercial or a radio spot or a podcast spot or et cetera, et cetera? Right? How are you going to advertise that business without the internet? Are you going to advertise your Facebook page? Are you going to advertise a, a, a page on a platform that you do not control? Are you going to send somebody to your Amazon shop as opposed mm -hmm. to your own website? No. Right? There's always going to be websites. And mm -hmm. there's always going to, be email, going to be emails attached to those websites. So for domains to go down, the whole internet would have to change. Mm -hmm. Websites would have to change. The whole email system would have to change. And that's not happening, at least no time soon. In the last 35 years, it's only gotten more and more important, particularly over the last year and a half since COVID. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just ramped up. Like the internet, websites and domains has matured 10 years, a decade in the last year. True. Right? And, and like an example I like to use was last year, Pepsi, PepsiCo launched snacks.com because okay. restaurants had closed and markets had closed and bars and, and, and a lot of their distribution had shut down. So they needed D2C, direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. And so they launched a website to sell their, their Fritos and their Doritos and their Pepsi products directly to people. So you can now go on that site and you can order from them. And they chose snacks.com because of course it's snacks.com. Like what else would it be? Sure. Right? Because they, what do they sell? Snacks. Sure. And you're talking about, about a multi-billion dollar company and they're going to get the best domain that they can. And I always say that domains are budget-driven. And if you have a multi-billion dollar company that's marketing a massive campaign and that kind of initiative, the, the price of the domain doesn't matter. The price of the website doesn't matter, right? I mean, you, you know, your clients, you've got clients with six-figure monthly budgets, mm -hmm. right? They should not be skimping on the domain name. I see your point, and I, I agree. It's because it's the world that we grew up in and we, like, we know, right? Um, you know, you think of like a company like Coca-Cola, right? How else are they going to send out a memo to like thousands of employees, right? You know, you can't just put up a right. pamphlet, right? Or, or people that are on their mailing list. Right? Agreed. And, Email marketing, right? Yeah. And how that. are we going to know that it's them? Because mm -hmm. because it's Coke.com. Because if if you got an email, right? Fishing from, exercises from Coke dot IT or some or Coke dash soda.guru, you're going to be like, this True. is, right? I don't, I don't trust this, but who's got coke.com? That, that, that is true. I guess so then the, the second part of that question is there's going to have to be a big and new learning curve for these younger generation that are coming up that are not accustomed to kind of communicating in the way in which we communicate. Because I, I seriously mean that. Like my kids have email right? It's like a Gmail address. They don't ever check they it. Don't. They, they just don't. use it when you go to Old Navy and they say, what's your email address, mm -hmm. right? So you say 5% or whatever. And they haven't even set but up their voicemail. But it's a voicemail. very, very short learning curve. 
because they already have a computer in their pocket. They mm-hmm. already know how to use apps. So they're opening Snapchat to send a message. Hey, now they just open their Gmail or whatever email client they use and send a message. So it's, it's a pretty short learning curve for them because they already know structurally this is just a different app. And by the way, you know, five years ago, they weren't using Snapchat, right? Okay. And and maybe now they're also sending messages on TikTok. I don't even know if you can use TikTok to send messages, <laughs> but because we don't know the way they 50. communicate, right? right? Yeah. So, you know, there's already multiple platforms that they're using, uh-huh. and this would just be another one. And they're used to adopting a new platform to send messages anyway. Well, I'm willing to bet you $100 will come back in 10 years. For your 60th birthday. Okay, which $100 won't be worth that much. Probably won't. By then. Right? <laughs> um, and I'll email you my uh, my $100. Um, but I'm willing to bet $100 that um, that there might be a new way that we're communicating in 10 years. Oh, I, I agree. There mm-hmm. there will be a new way, but will it supplant email? And I, I, th- I think it will not, right? Because of all these things we just discussed. But there will cer- certainly be the next like, you know, voice message or whatever it is, right? People are always looking for new ways, Mm -hmm. particularly to communicate, right? And to connect. So there will be, the question is how big will it be? And and we're the same way, right? My company, your company, right? We're on Slack. We were on Skype before that. Um, But it's really interesting, right? Because if somebody really wants to get my attention, like email is the worst way to do it. And it's probably for you too, right? Like the quickest way to get my attention is to text me, right? And I even say that on my voicemail. Hey, for a quicker response, text me, right? Me too. And because it's just so quick, it's like, bam, it's instantaneous, right? They got my attention, right? Whereas email, I've missed some very important emails. And I'm sure you have too. So I don't miss email. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't miss text. I mean, sometimes it might might take me a minute to get to it, but... Mm -hmm. um, what I miss is when someone sends me like a, a DM on IG or Twitter or something. You miss that, all that because you're not hanging out on those platforms, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I I will get them eventually, but you know, I, I've certainly had lots of people DM me on Instagram, but I'm not hanging out on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I I'll check it and I'll you know doom scroll for a little while, but I'm not. That's not where I'm communicating with people. Got it. So one of the models that I try to live by is, you know, being like 1% better every day and and failing, but failing forward. Uh, what do you think has been your greatest, sounds like an oxy, oxymoron, right? Like your greatest failure. There's been a lot of little, little failures. You know, I mentioned getting fired from lots of jobs. Um, yeah. Were those failures? I mean, at the time, they certainly seem like it, but you know, every failure creates an opportunity. Look, I've had businesses that have gone under. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an immigration services business that for a long time. I did, I did, you know, really well with it. I bought my first house. I employed a bunch of people, and it was nine eleven that kind of did us in. So people stopped coming to the U.S. This, they, they were not interested in coming to the U.S. because of an immigration business. I had 30 people or something like that. You know, we would slowly start laying people off because the business had diminished. And, um, you know, finally, I don't know how many people are left at the end, like seven. And, you know, like with tears in my eyes, I had to tell everyone we were shutting down. 
and I had already run up my credit cards. I was doing everything I could to try to push through. Wow. And, um, you know, I really saw that as a failure. After that, I was, I had to do something new and I started looking around and, um, I went to lunch with a friend of mine who said, uh, I said, well, so what do you, what have you been doing lately? And he says, you know, I, he's, he was, he was doing, um, workers' comp insurance. He was a lawyer and or workers' comp claims. And, uh, he said, I started doing DUI defense. And he started telling me about that. I was like, hmm. And I went back to my office by myself. I had this office, all these desks, right? Yeah. Nobody there. And I sat down and I typed in DUI lawyer and, uh, there was no national brand. And I thought, huh, I, I could put together a national brand and get all these lawyers to kind of pay me. What year was this? This was, uh, 2004. Four, okay. So 17 years later, I still own this business. Um, and it's led into a number of other companies, some of which I've since sold. Um, and domains and all these other things that I do and angel vesting. And I've, I've made a really good living from that pivot. If I was continue, if I continued with the immigration business, who knows where I'd be? Because I wouldn't have found... I wouldn't have had that lunch and I wouldn't have discovered there was no national DUI defense brand. Mm -hmm. And so that sent me on a different path. It changed its trajectory. So Got it. that failure, which certainly felt like a failure, brought in this amazing opportunity that, is, that has forever changed my life. Got it. What is one quote, like a motivational quote that comes to mind that you try to live your life by? I've got so many. Uh, my friends call them Bradenisms. Okay. <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. I like it. <laughs> That's one. Mm -hmm. um, I also like uh, begin with the end in mind. Another one, you know, people always seek advice and mentorship all over the place. And you really have to question the sources. So you need to get advice from the right place. Sure. I have this expression I made up as a teenager, and I, I still say it. Okay. The poor man always has financial advice. Just because someone's giving you advice doesn't mean they have any idea what they're talking about. There it is. So there's a few of them. So one of the things that we're going to do with these quotes is we're going to turn them into T-shirts and then sell them on my website. <laughs> there you go. See, I'm going to make money off of this. No one has ever said um, the poor man has been. I mean, I, I made that one up. I like it. A long time ago. Biggest pet peeve. I have, I have, I have several pet peeves, like mm -hmm. you know, messiness and lack of organization. But um, I'll tell you my my keyword. So everybody has a keyword. It's yeah. their gift and their curse. It's yin and yang, and mine is knowing. And uh, there was somebody that was an expert in this years ago that asked me a bunch of questions and told me what my keyword is. Okay, and and it's knowing and. So I like to know things. I'm no brainiac. You know, I, I, my, my wife, I know this because my wife can remind me every time I talk to her, she's, she's way smarter than I am. But yeah. um, I like to know things. And so when someone, like an employee comes to me and they ask me a question, like, why, why don't you know? This? Like, go figure this out. It drives me crazy if they don't know something or they don't know what they're talking about. And mm. it drives me nuts if... I can't figure out a problem if I don't understand a thing. Like, mm -hmm. I want to know what it is. Mm. So I'm going to go on YouTube and figure it out. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to try to learn it. That's a, interesting. And my wife's always telling me to put my phone down because I'm always like, I, 
Let me figure that out. Let me get an answer to that question. I'd like to figure out what my keyword is. Is there any like weird signals in life uh, that might be spiritual or like, like I'll just kind of give you an example. Like for me, the number one, two, seven, like follows me everywhere. Right. It's like the most bizarre thing. Right. It's like my birthday. I worked on a radio station, star 102.7. The first three digits of my, I'm not going to say my social security <laughs> number. Right? It's all good. <laughs> right. But like, it's just this weird number that we follows all figured me everywhere. Out your password, yeah. You by have, the way. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and so I was talking to somebody recently and, uh, and randomly, I didn't even tell him about 127. He's like, yeah, I've got this weird thing. This number 512 follows me everywhere. And then like, really? He's like, yeah, it's like the strangest thing. And he goes, every time I see that number, like I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right. That's kind of his thing, right? He's spiritual. Um, and mine is, I don't know if it's spiritual or what, but it's just this weird signal that I don't know how to read into it. Is there anything like in your life that's kind of strange that you question? Um, I question a lot of things <laughs> and I find a lot of things strange. Uh -huh. um, I do have a number. Everybody has a number. Okay. Um, What's your number? Seven. Your number is seven. Yeah. It's the key to the universe. Okay. Um, God, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I like to think that there are no coincidences, mm -hmm. and and and, and you know the the Malcolm Gladwells of the world, the social scientists say there aren't. There's there's a reason behind everything, mm -hmm. and so when something just happens, I kind of look at it with that eye, like okay, if this wasn't a coincidence. What does it mean? How did it happen? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that if that exactly answers your question, but it's something that kind of gives me pause. Yeah. You know, somebody uh, once said that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, think everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that too. But sometimes like by you not getting that job, right? Like there's, there's reasons for that, right? And when you can actually see the power of why that happened, why it didn't go the way you want it, I guess, doesn't uh, Garth Brooks have a song like, you know, thank you for all of my unanswered prayers? I right? think so. Yeah. It's a pretty powerful statement when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, you know, it, did it happen for a reason or did you then find a reason for that to happen? Yeah. Right. But I don't think the human brain kind of can even comprehend that. Like it goes so, so deep that I don't even think even me or you or some of the smartest people in the world can really comprehend the meaning of life, I guess. Well, that's yeah. why we still have one God left. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. Um, so, uh, and, then, and then I'll I'll read the text. Oh, did you get it back? Okay. Yeah, yeah right. she responded. All right. Just last question. So you walk into a Starbucks, what's your drink of choice? Because um, you're a I, healthy guy, man. I, I, I Well, if I'm walking to a Starbucks, so I, I have two. I already know your feelings about Starbucks. You revealed that to us a little earlier, but yeah. But what's there, your there drink of choice? Coffee, but I have, I have, I have two. Okay. So, so one is a, uh, an oat milk latte with a, a venti. So I get the I get the big one. Okay. Uh, with one pump of hazelnut, one pump of vanilla. Ooh. You put sugar in your body? Yeah, but just I just get two pumps. Okay. And a, and a big... It, they put in, I think, five. Yeah. At, with that size. Uh -huh. So this is just two. So it's not nearly as sweet. Okay. And the other one is a matcha latte. Okay. 
I'll have to try that. And and also I get it less sweet because I don't I don't like it too sweet. But but those are my those are my two go to drinks. And yeah, there's sugar in it. Got it. And then the uh, the the last reveal here. So who did we text? You don't earlier? realize my Starbucks name. Oh, I didn't know you said. <laughs> I'm just Jason. Jason. I'm Does Jason. It? You got a Starbucks name? Does Is that everybody? a thing? Everybody's got a Starbucks name. That, I didn't know that's a thing. Is that really? a thing for you? No, you got no a Starbucks kidding. name. What's your Starbucks name? Libutica. <laughs> Libutica. No, Libutica. <laughs> How do you spell that? I don't know. <laughs> L I B Tica. This, this is what I do. They go Libutica, and I go. I say no Libutica, which is. <laughs> Which means nothing. <laughs> and so they laugh and they say, how do you spell it? Um, and I'm like, L-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-T-I-